Hi everyone, welcome to InfoScreen. This is Krish and today I'm starting a new QA series on the AWS certification exams and to start with we'll discuss about the domain one of the AWS certified security specialty exam which is threat detection and incident response. So as per the uh, you know new curriculum of the exam that is the SCSC02 exam version this particular exam, this particular domain is actually almost like 14% of the exam. But don't just get fooled by the percentage because this domain needs you to integrate whatever you have learned from all the other five domains of the AWS certified security specialty exam. So like for example, let's say whatever you have learned from the logging and monitoring, identity and access management, infra security, and whatever you have learned, all these things need to be integrated here or basically that skills are needed for you to properly identify and understand the various scenarios and as you all know that team AWS is now improving a lot by making the questions even more scenario based so it's quite interesting to learn as well. So to start with team let's go for some uh, few questions on the domain one. The first question you are the security architect for a multinational e-commerce corporation that relies heavily on AWS for its business operations. Recently, your security operations center detected unusual activity within the AWS environment. Your team believes that this might be an indicative of a potential security incident. And the scenario involves a sudden spike in the unauthorized API calls to your Amazon S3 bucket from the EC2 instances. And they are also exhibiting some anomalous behavior. Which of the following actions would be most appropriate in response to this situation? So when you get a scenario question like this, Steve, my suggestion is that you read the choices first. By reading all the choices first, you will get an idea on basically, you know, what they mean actually. And then if you read the question, it's, it will be easy for you to get to the answer. And even though you feel maybe all the answers can be correct or all the choices can be correct, always go for the best one and focus on what they are asking you. So they are just asking you what is the most appropriate response in this current situation. Okay. What could be the answer team? Shall I go for A? So the A says that immediately terminate all affected instances and suspend the API access keys associated with the suspicious activities. So team, if you terminate the instances of the, you know, if you have instances and you terminate them, what will happen at the end of the day? It will remove all your evidences. It will sometimes, uh, you know, have some critical production servers and you're removing the production servers sometimes. Also, if you terminate it, you will lose all the evidences. You cannot do a forensic. So like that, there can be a lot of challenges. So the best and the most effective way you're having when you respond to an incident is a team isolation. There are two words which you always have to remember when talking about incident response. One is containment and one is isolation. What is containment? So containment means that you're talking about the, you're making sure that, you know, the issue is basically, you know, uh, the particular issue is contained and basically it's not going to spread further and affect the other systems. And also you want to make sure that, you know, further you can take charge of the uh, scenario and you will be able to rectify the challenge. So in the choice number B, they are clearly saying that we have to isolate the affected instances from the network to prevent further compromise and then conduct a forensic analysis to understand the scope and impact of the incident. So how do you isolate an instance? So even if you want to isolate the easiest way is the team for every instance, as we all know, we have a security group. Okay, so what the security group will basically do the security group is something which basically filled, uh, you know, uh, defines the incoming access and outgoing access of the instance. So if you attach a security group, which is completely restricted, 
and which is only allowing access to the instance from the forensic instance only that means that the instance lost all the incoming and outgoing access which can basically happen through the internet so that is the best way we can do first of all isolate the affected H2 instances and obviously you know then conduct a forensic analysis definitely you know uh, if the choice if we have more choices definitely have I would also gone for this API calls with Amazon S3 in Amazon S3 API calls also we must be able to investigate but you know as per the choices given here the answer is B so let's go for the next one team you set up various AWS resources in your AWS account, including EC2, RDS, MySQL, DynamoDB, etc. Your billing alarm has been triggered and the AWS cost is increasing abnormally. You also get a notification from AWS that your AWS account might be compromised. That is the AWS abuse notice. As an AWS administrator, you need to act immediately. Which of the following actions are appropriate? So this question, you know, the basically you have to choose three answers. Even I, even though I forgot to add in the slides, but you have to choose three answers actually. So first point is that we have to understand the word called as an abuse notice. What is an abuse notice? So basically, like today morning, let's suppose I I open my laptop, I open my email, and I see that I'm I got a abuse notice from AWS. So there could be there is a chance that your either most most probably it can be a reason why your account may be compromised and using the compromised account some attackers may be using it for some unauthorized activities or maybe doing some kind of activities which can impact other AWS customers etc that's the reason why AWS is sending you an abuse notice so can we ignore the notification or can we ignore the abuse notice never don't do that you must respond to the abuse notice if you don't respond to the abuse notice it can lead to account suspension and many other problems so even AWS have a blog on this particular, uh, you know, abuse notice response also. I can, you know, like I will discuss that in the upcoming lectures. But anyways, what could be the answer for this team? The answer is A, C and D. So let's go for A. Change your AWS account root user password. So obviously team, you know, uh, like it's not like a other user or a normal user get compromised. When you basically have a root user, that is a primary user account in your AWS account. That's a super user in AWS account. And if that get compromised, you know, the recovering the account can be a tedious job. And obviously, you know, attacker has made enough damage to us. So the first step we have to ensure is that team, our account is safe. And the first step for doing that is making sure that your AWS account root user password is strong and you have to change your password plus ensure that you have a proper multi-factor authentication there that's a very important step and the second thing is that team rotate or the access keys if they were authorized and still needed and otherwise delete them so what do you mean by this like let's take an example now there can be many users like for example we can have many users like uh, you know we have service accounts we have a normal account so basically if you go to aws okay we have user accounts we have roles etc users roles etc and when you go for users okay for programmatic access we use something called as a access key and secret access key okay so if this particular credential may be used by some attacker so to make sure that we rotate all the access keys of the critical user accounts in your AWS account and basically if you feel some specific user profiles are compromised we have to make sure that we immediately rotate the access keys but before that we have to think about one more point as well so uh, now most people ask me this question is that so Krish, why can't we simply delete them 
So what if the particular access key or user account which we are going to delete may be used by a production application or may be working in production. So if you simply go and delete the user account or if you simply go and uh, you know delete the credentials, it may lead to a production application outage. So before doing that, understand the level of access which is or understand currently what is the usage level or access level of the particular user account or credentials. And after the, you confirm that, you can rotate it. And if that credentials is no longer needed and basically you know it's not having any kind of a you know critical usage in the business, you can delete it based on your business decision. And the third one is the team respond to any notifications you have received from the AWS support. In fact, that's a very important point to keep in mind because when you say that you are going for a AWS, you are getting an AWS abuse notice. Okay, as I told you in the first place, if you don't respond to the particular notifications or if you don't respond to them with the proper detailed report on what activity you have performed to prevent further compromise, what measures you have taken, and if you don't respond to that, it can lead to a lot of consequences, including account shutdown, account suspension, or maybe other legal issues like that. So it's always very important to respond to the AWS notification. And why not B and E? So B says the team delete all your EC2 resources even if you are unsure if they are compromised or not. That doesn't make any sense. Like, do you want to basically remove everything by feeling that you know it doesn't make any sense? Obviously, right? And that's the last one is the team enable shield advance. Why do you basically want to enable shield advance? I'm not talking about a DDoS attack here. Even though it's a DDoS attack, before enabling it with shield advance, we have to first of all make a proper you know business decision because you know uh, this can cost you a serious amount, right? like that. So the answer is A, C and D. So let's go for the next one team. A company has an AWS account that hosts a production application. The company receives an email notification that guard duty has detected an impact IAM user anomalous behavior finding in the account. A security engineer needs to run the investigation playbook for the security incident and must collect and analyze the information without affecting the application which solution will meet these requirements most quickly. So in this question team, there are some points I want to highlight to you. I just want to investigate. I'm not trying to rectify things. I'm now trying to investigate the incident and I must be able to collect the proper evidences and I must not make any changes which can impact the application. So what could be the answer for this team? The answer is B. There are multiple reasons why the answer is B. Okay, so let's take an example. Let's take an ex this point A. Log into the AWS account by using read-only credentials. That makes sense for sure because if you if you use administrator credentials for logging in, obviously what happens? It can introduce an unnecessary risk during the investigation because you know you may try to make some changes and it can sometimes affect the application so to avoid the risk it is better to do the investigation with the read-only credentials that definitely makes sense but review the guard duty finding for details about the IAM credential that was used and use the IAM console to add a denial policy so can you add a denial policy or do some changes if you have a read-only credential no so the answer is never a so A is out. Now in the B we are saying that log into the AWS account by using read-only credentials. Again that makes sense and review the guard duty findings to determine which API calls initiate the findings. So basically in guard duty we will be able to understand what uh, which API call or which particular user query or API query has made the particular 
im incident or main the particular uh, issue and the tool called as detective work hand in hand with guard duty basically it's a tool which is indicated with the guard duty itself so guard duty is a tool which is basically a threat intelligence tool or threat detection tool which is you know one of the best tools in aws and as a part of guard duty we have a tool called as a detective which will support you in something called as a root cause analysis rca that means that you have figured out there is an issue happened using guard duty and to dig deeper or to understand deeper about the issue we can use the tool called as a detective whenever a question talking about rca or something like that rca root cause analysis problem management etc the answers can be most probably detective and why not see why not see because log into the aws account by using administrator credentials the problem is that team why do you want to give unnecessary access to something you don't want to give unnecessary access to anyone, right? So let's not go for C. And the last one says that log into the AWS account by using read-only credentials and review the guard duty finding to determine which API calls initiate the finding. Use CloudTrail Insights and CloudTrail Lake to review the API call in the context. Definitely, we can go for D also. But see, at the end of the day, we want to make things simple. Okay, and we want to investigate things more effectively and easily. And question clearly says that which solution will meet these requirements most quickly so the answer is b that's what i'm saying that team when you go for an ex this exam you know you can find many answers and even all the choices can be correct but go for the best one go for the easiest or the best one based on the question let's go for the next question team a company uses AWS organizations and has production workloads across multiple AWS accounts. A security engineer needs to design a solution that will proactively monitor for suspicious behavior across all the accounts that contain production workloads. The solution must automate the remediation of incidents across the production accounts. And the solution also must publish notification to Amazon SNS when a critical security finding is detected. In addition to the solution must send all the security incident logs to a dedicated account which solution will meet these requirements so we have a lot of you know requirements coming up in one single question right so first they want to make sure that there must be a proper and effective monitoring for suspicious activities then we must have a proper automated remediation mechanism if an event happens i want that event to be immediately identified and i want to respond to it Plus, I must be able to get notified. My administrators must be able to get notified. Plus, I want to get the log files in a centralized account. So for all these four requirements, what could be the choice team? Choose only one. Just check all the choices team. Which one is the best one? What do you feel? The answer is C. Activate guard duty in each production account. So just I'm interrupting a bit team because you know guard duty is a very important topic You have to basically, you know review because you know when it started, okay When I saw this guard duty for the first time I felt like okay This is going to be not so good in the because you know like the features were very limited and I have seen a lot of false positives a lot of other challenges I have faced when compared with other cloud service providers, but now I can see that they have especially in 2022 and 23 this tool has improved a lot and you know now it's getting best and best every day by adding more and more features like container scanning instance scanning etc so it's actually a definitely a good tool for sure so activate guard duty in each production account in a dedicated logging account aggregate all guard duty logs from each production account that's a very important thing you can send the log files to a centralized account or maybe uh, you know from all the production to a centralized account and 
you can use a service called as a event bridge okay we, we previously called it as cloud trail events now it's called as a separate service called as amazon event bridge so this amazon event bridge is something which will trigger only when there is certain kind of an event happen and using the event bridge it will invoke a custom lambda function and basically what happens team and it can help us to remediate the issue plus it can also send notification to the sns topic which will inform the administrators okay why can't we go for a the reason is that team if you go for a can guard duty directly involve invoke an sns topic is it possible for guard duty to, to directly invoke an sns topic no that's why the answer is not a so if you go for b activate security hub in production account see security hub is a good tool uh, one would not need security hub to launch or respond to a guard duty finding security hub is a security poster management tool but without guard duty uh, you know, guard duty, uh, you know, guard duty itself can basically do the thing. Why do you want to basically involve multiple other complicated tools there? So let's go, not go for B and D. Okay. And you know, like this is a very important point. If you go for C and D, if you go for C and D, you can definitely get confused between either C or D because C both look very similar. The only difference is that you have, you are in, in, in this C, you are going for guard duty and D you are going for security hub. So focus on the easiest and simple ways for doing it. Okay, the answer is C. And the last one is actually a company has enabled Amazon Guard Duty in all AWS regions as a part of its security monitoring strategy. In one of the VPCs, the company hosts an Amazon EC2 instance that works as an FTP server. A high number of clients from the multiple locations contact the FTP server. Guard Duty identifies this activity as a brute force attack because of the number of connections that happen every hour. The company has flagged the finding as a false positive, but Guard Duty continues to raise the issue. A security engineer must improve the signal to noise ratio without compromising the company's visibility of a potential anomalous behavior. Which solution will meet these requirements? So the problem is that team, we are getting a lot of false positives. Like for example, now you have a, now the question says that, let's suppose you have a production server or you have a FTP server or something in the cloud platform and you are accessing your, you know, multiple clients of your organization is accessing these servers from the internet or uh, from a particular IP address, etc. So what happens team? It can lead to, it can lead to a false positive. Guard duty may assume it's as a DDoS attack. Okay, so how do we respond to a team? Can I go for A? No, because that will lead to service outage. That is basically never sensible. So the answer is not A. Then, can I go for B? Add FTP server to a trusted IP list. Okay, now that's a very interesting thing. Now, before I give you the answer for this, you have to understand there are two words. Uh, there are two set of, or, you know, two lists in guard duty. One is what we call as a trusted IP list and one is a threat list. A trusted IP list contains the IP addresses which you don't want guard duty to generate findings. And a threat list is something basically where if you add an IP to threat list, guard duty will generate specific findings if there is anything coming from that IP address. Okay, and there is no point of adding your FTP server to the trusted IP list because you know, now this is your FTP server and these are the clients who is trying to access. Okay, so you have to add the client IP address to the uh, you know trusted IP list but that is basically not not possible because you have a lot of clients you are coming they are coming from different different locations so that is never a possible option and obviously the question says that the, cho the choice says that add FTP server to the trusted IP list that is never sensible right so the answer is not B 
So the third one is create a suppression role in guard duty to filter findings by automatically archiving new findings that match the specific criteria. That's a very important thing. When you basically go for guard duty, they have an option called as a rules suppression role. That means that when you basically get a finding similar to that, uh, you know, like that particular finding you have got in guard duty, it will automatically archive the findings. And obviously, you know, you will not get much more false positives and the signal to noise ratio will not be a problem for you. Okay. And the last one, create a Lambda function that has appropriate permissions to delete the finding whenever a new occurrence is reported. So again, you know, uh, your question talking about that, the company want to get a visibility over the potential anomalous behavior. Plus, they want to make sure that the activity continues without an issue. And you know, you try to delete it, uh, means it will still keep on creating, right? So that, that doesn't make any sense. And Lambda, uh, you know, uh, it's not a sensible thing, right? So the answer is C. So that's all for today. So we'll basically meet with the next video on domain two. And you know, the AWS security specialty needs an intense level of preparation. So do let me know in the comment box what video I have to do next or basically what specific topics I want to do next. Okay, that's it. Thank you team.